the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How blessed we are tonight. That Almighty God would want to come in this place with us. We Gentiles that were dogs had no place with the covenant of Israel, not the seed of Abraham, Gentiles, unworthy, but God had mercy. Hallelujah. God had mercy. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's turn tonight, if you would, to St. John chapter 4, verse 23. So appreciate the opportunity for us to be together. These different saints that are visiting with us tonight, I'm not sure who's uh, driving that big bus out yonder, but my goodness. Glad to have you with us. Amen. St. John 4, 23 and 24. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. Or as the original says, God is pneuma. God is pneuma. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God don't want our tradition. God don't want our form or our ritual. If you want to offer God tonight acceptable worship, it can only come through this channel right here. Now remember who this is saying this. It's not a preacher. It's not a theologian. It's not one who sat at the feet of Gamaliel. It is the beginning of the creation of God. So it's not just an ordinary person that we're repeating his words. It is a being who was in the presence of God, who was God. Let's bow our heads together. How many would like to be remembered tonight? I want to continue to remember Brother Ron Spencer, Brother Homer Longoria. Brother Jimmy and Sister Laura, I'm sure they made that request known to you tonight. How many of you have a need? Would you just raise your hand to God? <clears throat> Lord Jesus, as we bow our heads to the dust of the earth from whence our bodies were taken, we are grateful tonight, Father, that we have the opportunity. That first of all, we could call you Papa. That we could call you Father. And we could say that we are your children. We, Lord, who at one time were alienated by nature, children of disobedience, even as others. But tonight we stand redeemed, Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost on our way to heaven. Our account been settled. We are so grateful tonight, Father. As we've come, Lord, to this place Lord, once again, we've set aside this time that we could be gathered together in your name, not under the auspices of a denominational head or some cult or some ism, but under the headship of the Son of Man, Christ the Revealed Word. We ask you tonight, Lord, that you would help us. 
You see our needs, Lord, and they are many. And it seems like the farther we go, the closer we get to the end of the way, the more there is to pray about. And the more needs and the more opposition and the more calamities, as we would say, and tragedies that seem to strike your people. But, Father, we believe, if we look at it right, that these circumstances is only opportunities of faith by which you can manifest your greatness. Lord Jesus, these requests that we've made known to you, and then, Lord, all these hundreds of hands that were uplifted tonight, it signified a need, a desire, a request. We bring them before you, Lord. We don't want to bring them there on your altar and just lay them there, and then when the service is over, go back and pick them up and take them back on our shoulder again. But we want to leave them with you, Father. As Lord, most of our problems, we can't fix them anyhow. So we want to bring them to you and have faith and know that you'll meet our needs. Speak to us tonight, would you, Lord? May I say to you in the presence of these people, what an honor I count it to be able to speak about you. I thank you for the privilege of allowing me, who am I, that I would be honored and privileged by your presence to speak about your greatness. I thank you so much, Father. Anoint us that we can hear tonight, Father. Anoint me to speak, I pray. In Jesus' name. And the saints said, God bless you. You may be seated. Let us turn, if you would, to St. John chapter 1, verse 1. We've been looking about on this subject for a while, but about the church and what the church is, the purpose of God for having a church, a bride. Jesus himself being the very, very God, but yet also being man. The mystery by which profounds many, many people to this very day. But it really, it doesn't have to. Even though we know the scripture tells us great is the mystery of godliness for God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and received up unto glory. And we know that a mystery is something that we can only really understand it as the spirit of God will enable us to do so. Just by being able to study the words and we could break down the Greek words and the Aramaic words and all of that might make us smarter as far as the Greek language. But it doesn't mean that we'd understand any more about the mystery of God unless God himself is the one who makes it real to our hearts. I want you to read with me if you would, and I know that this is a very familiar scripture. We know that the four gospels actually set forth the person of the Lord Jesus. It comes from four different authors, but actually reveals him in the sevenfold personage of who he desired to reveal himself as. And we know that Matthew declared him as the king. We know that Mark declared him in another attribute of his greatness, Luke as the son. And yet your John reveals him as God the Word. Notice in St. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he believes that? Amen. 
In the beginning was the Word. Now let's look at this, this word here, beginning, that John chose to use. It is the, the Greek word arche, and it actually means the first or the origin or the person or thing that commences. So in the beginning was the Word. So here is where the beginning, now before this it was the eternal. But what was it of course when God started creating? It was the word that John used, arche, which is the person or thing that commences the first person or thing in a series. So in the beginning was the word. So then it was not just saying some words, but it was the first one in the beginning of a series. So God had a series of words that he wanted to say. And the first one was the Logos. As he thinks now of forming himself toward flesh. And we know by this, of course, that he was the eternal, invisible, immortal, only wise God. That there was no atoms, no light, no molecules. He could not be seen. He could not be touched. He could not be felt. But God, in the act of condescension, he speaks himself into existence in time. So the eternal condescends from eternity into time and he begins in the second attribute of his great being in the form of the Logos. So in the Arche or in the beginning of the series... Now, most pastors, of course, in the message are serious preachers, and they start, you know, one thing, and then they say, well, praise God, this will just be one sermon, and then they go two, and then they go three, and then they go four, and then 75 parts later, they're still ongoing, and the church is thinking, is he ever going to stop on this? Well, it really depends upon how long God keeps unfolding it to him. Now remember, this was the beginning of the series, and I hope you're with me tonight. We are the end of the series. Glory! Hallelujah! In the beginning was the Word, so if the Word started the series, then guess what the end of the series will be? You could not start a series on the Word and then close it out on tradition. But if you started it out on the Word, then it would have to be Word in the beginning, Word out on down from Alpha to Omega, the beginning and the end. So the closing of the series will have to be what? The Word. Glory to God. So in the beginning was the Word. Notice that John says, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the, the word, of course, here that John uses is Logos, which is the concept or the mandate or the very thought of God that God declares. I love this in verse 2. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him so now we move from just what we would classify as thought or concept or mandate into this now is a person. Yeah. 
So here now by verse 3, uh, verse 2, that John says that the same as in the beginning was God. And then in verse 3, he says, all things were made by him. So then the word we're talking about is not something written down on a piece of paper, or it's not something that just comes out of the mouth of another being, but it is actually a person. And that person was the condescension of God in the form of Logos when God gave birth to himself a son. Notice all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Now I realize that this offends a lot of folks in the day we're living in because they want to read the Bible that does not say him or her or she or any of that sort of thing. But my God is not a her and my God is not a perverted. He's not a shim. He's not half him and half her. My God is a male. That's right. And we are the counterpart of that God, and we are female, designated to us by the title of being bride. But in him was life, John goes on to say, and the life was the light of men. Now, what's this? So he was already existent in the realm of the beginning of time in the arche before he ever come to the earth and what we know as his immaculate conception or virgin birth. Notice in Isaiah 7 14, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. The Hebrew word there is actually become pregnant. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Now notice she's going to bear a son and shall call his name God is with us. So he's going to be a son, but he's going to be God is with us. So Jesus, now listen carefully, Jesus was actually created in behind the virgin veil in Mary's body. Notice now, there was nothing external that came into the womb of Mary from the source of man that actually made this baby, but God went in behind the virgin veil with both seed and egg and God created behind the veil the body which would become his tabernacle on earth. Well, glory to God. I hope that that really uh, helps you to understand. He's doing exactly the same thing tonight in behind the veil. Hallelujah. He is creating a virgin bride, which is the counterpart to what he was on the earth. So Mary's virgin veil was actually broken when she gave birth to the word. So the veil was not broken as it would be with any other woman that would be able to conceive. But God was able to go in behind the veil and be able to create this body called the Son of God. Amen. Notice this now, Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Now this is Joseph saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now wait a minute, I thought God was his father. Well, God and the Holy Ghost is the same person. 
which is, if not, he's got two daddies. The Holy Ghost is his father, and then God's his father. Notice Luke 135. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the dunamis of the power, the power of the highest, shall come upon you. Now what's going to happen? The Holy Ghost, she said, how can this be? He said, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. Now notice the words here, the angel. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall over overshadow thee. My goodness, I about had a spell this evening when I found the meaning of this word. It is to throw a shadow upon, to envelop in a shadow, to overshadow from a vaporous cloud that creates a shining coma, a shadow. The word is transferred to a shining cloud surrounding, enveloping persons with brightness. Sounds like a body change to me. Used of the Holy Spirit exerting creative energy upon the womb of the Virgin Mary and impregnating it. A use of the word which seems to have been drawn from the familiar Old Testament idea of a cloud as symbolizing the immediate presence and power of God. Sister, we don't just need a book. We don't just need to go to church. We need to be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. We need to be so filled with the power of God that Satan will move out of our way. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us... A child is born. Unto us a son is given. Amen. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Now remember he loved fatherhood. But in order to become a father, had to become a son. So here a son is born, and you call him everlasting father. A son is, amen, hallelujah. A son is born, and you call him the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, not the second person of the Godhead, the Godhead made flesh. to the deputy sheriff we're not married to the second in command we are married to the mighty God of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end you hear that devil upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with just judgment and with justice even forth from henceforth and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So who is this mysterious God man? 
And if he's coming to establish a church, will not they be a God people? Notice in Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Him who came from the very heart of God. Amen. 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 Now it wasn't that God up there in heaven was an old man and there was Jesus. He was a younger guy and God was on a big throne and Jesus is on a little throne. And the little throne said, look, buddy, would you care to go down there? I mean, I really, I, I, I really don't want to. I'm God. I hate to do it. I'm the one who gives the judgment and everything. But would you care to go? Would you care? Oh, Papa, Papa, if you want me to, I'll be glad to do anything you want me to do, Papa. I'll do it. It was him in the form of the second attribute. It was himself. But yet God sent forth his son or his word or his humanity. Now notice when he does this, it's a direct answer to Genesis 3.15, which is the first prophecy in the Bible. The very first prophecy in the book of Genesis is what we're fixing to read. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Oh, hallelujah. Now God is going to send something, but is it a little boy? Is it another person? Is it the sheriff or the deputy sheriff? Or is it the secretary? Or is it the main man himself? St. John 8.42, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Amen. I came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. St. John 16.28, I came forth from the Father and have come into the world again. I leave the world and I go to the Father. Romans 8.3, for what the law could not do and that was weak to the flesh, God sending his own humanity, his own word made flesh, his own tent. His own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. God could not die in spirit form. My, you talking about a work of condescension. Notice this in Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. It would have been something for him to create it himself, just a human body and called it up out of the dust of the earth and stepped into it. But instead, he allows a woman. Oh, glory to God. A woman, the very avenue that Satan used in the beginning. But God said, I will humble myself and I will allow my 
virgin womb. I will allow myself, my muscles, my bones, my tissues to be made in the womb of a woman. Not created as Adam was. Not begotten by a man, but made of a woman. I believe in women's rights. The right way. I'm for you, sisters. I believe in y'all's rights. Satan used a woman to take it out. God used a woman to bring it back. Women can have the Holy Ghost just like men. Women make up a part of the economy of God just like men do. Notice the word there. God sent forth his son made of a woman. Actually, the Greek word is to be born of a woman. And then he went on down a little farther and he said, made under the law. And why do you do this? Because he loved you. Because he loved me. Born under civil law. Born under judicial law. Born under the law of the Torah. He kept the Feast of Tabernacles. He kept the Feast of Circumcision or the Circumcised. He kept all of the Feast because he was natural in his lineage, the way they looked at it, a son of Abraham, and he must keep the law in order to complete it. As a matter of fact, he was the first and the last one to consummate all the law in himself. Moses didn't even keep it all. David didn't keep it all. Abraham didn't keep it all. Hallelujah. But the first man that could keep it all fulfilled it all. Amen. He was the Alpha and he was the Omega. He was circumcised the eighth day. When they cut him as a male child, he bled. The blood that got on the priest's fingers never saved him. The blood that maybe run down from his body there and got on the cross, and the cross wasn't transformed. Hallelujah. He was a boy. That could cry. So you imagine the great creator allowed this word to step out of the theophany in the realm of eternity and the attribute of God's love called Jesus Christ stepped out into this body in a manger. The same one that said, let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there was. And all of a sudden, he got silent. And the next thing we hear him say is, wah, wah. 
Glory be to God. So the eternal projected this about himself. Let's pick this up again in future home. Here come descending out of heaven a form of a dove and a voice saying, This is my part of the earth that I have redeemed. And from this part of the earth, I will redeem the rest of it. For he is my word made manifest. How in the world did Jesus need to be redeemed? Now Jesus never sinned. He never done anything wrong. He never, he never disobeyed in any aspect at all. I hope this don't shake you too bad. But the human body of Jesus had never been in heaven. <laughs> Woo! Some of y'all still pondering it, ain't you? The attribute from the eternal was what was in heaven, but this body had a beginning. A day it started, a day it died. Can you wrap your mind around that? The body, Harry, the human body of Jesus was never in heaven. So God had to redeem that in order for it to go up in the rapture. (laughs) Glory to God. So he didn't need to get saved. God didn't need to make an altar call and let Jesus come down. And all he needed to do was go in his body and it would be the claim of the token life. He didn't need no blood applied. He was the blood. He didn't need to get sanctified. He didn't need to come up and have a preacher to pray for him. All he needed was the token claim of the personal life of Zoe for God to be able to get inside this body. Thank you, brother. For God to be able to get inside this body. And God said, by my presence, I now redeem his humanity. He can now go in the rapture. Can you imagine at that resurrection of his body on the third day? And when Mary come to him, he said, don't touch me. I'm not going to send it. Must have been a very peculiar feeling for the human body of Jesus. Fixing to ascend a place he'd never been. But Jesus, the attribute had been there. So the attribute was going to take the body the direction he knew he needed to go.
yourself back. You see, before this, God had never had a permanent flesh body. It would appear and disappear, appear and disappear. But he wanted one. (laughs) Notice this again in future home. Jesus was part of that earth that the Holy Ghost descended upon. Is that right? And remained upon him forever. It can never leave him. It's always there. He and God are one. Always has to remain. Again, paragraph 316. Think of it. The Holy Ghost descending upon earth. Comma. Jesus. And that holy blood. Now watch. I hope I don't go too deep for you. That holy blood that was created by God. The blood. The life. The creation of God. Jesus was the beginning of the creation of God. Oh, you see it. God made in creation. It says I've been trying to point this out to your friends over and over again. Man can't relate to this. Man thinks higher, higher, bigger, bigger, greater, greater, greater. But there was no greater than him. But he wanted to expand himself. No, no way to do it was through condensation. Come down. He thought of himself as being a human. I've been a human all my life. I want to be something else. But God said, I am the eternal. And I want to express myself. So he did it by condensation. Couldn't go no higher, there was no higher to go. Notice this in 320, Jesus, here he comes descending. That was Jesus, the attribute of God. Not the second person of a Godhead, but God in another form. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'll tell you what the bride is. The bride ain't a bunch of people trying to make up her mind to be bride. The bride is the same God in another form. Hallelujah. It's the same God living right here tonight in human beings in our tabernacles of flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice this and why they had to be shepherds. He started a new creation. What was it? A creation of himself. God made flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible said in the beginning, the creation of God. God was created in human form. In Jesus Christ, his son. God dwelt, built his tabernacle of flesh and bones and lived in that tabernacle. God, Emmanuel, God with us. He 
himself a house. So this garment is a pillar of fire. So I'm going to envelop myself in this garment. And all you see then is the pillar of fire. Now I manifest myself that way. Now this is a cloud. Now to you it looks like the same coat, but you've got to imagine with me now. So now I'm putting on a cloud. Why? It's daylight. my garment to match the dispensation oh glory to God hallelujah and when it comes night time again I'll change my garment and put back on the pillar of fire it must be evening time friends the pillar of fire has come back among us Then he wanted to appear to Abraham one day. So he put on a human garment. Walked up to Abraham's tent door. Said, how you doing? Said, I'm doing good. Said, you want to come in and eat with me? Said, sure. Said, go fix some bread. Go get some milk. Now, for those of you that are vegetarians, God wouldn't. You imagine Almighty God sent us. That is a good sandwich. Wow. That is some good milk, Abraham. Abraham looked at him and heard his voice. He said, I know you. I know you. You're the one who spoke to me years ago out of the land of Iran and told me to leave my father's house. I ain't never seen you dressed in these clothes before, but I know that voice. Let me tell you something, friend. You can't hide God from the elect. Amen. It may take us a while, but we will recognize the voice of our bridegroom. But then when the fullness of time came, God changed his garment again. So the fullness was there. The throne of God. Little bitty baby was wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. 
went for months and months. Couldn't say a word. Just... You imagine Jesus blowing baby bubbles. Glory to God. And it was him who spoke the worlds into existence. Notice this, the prophet said unto the angel, the church of the Lord of sins, right? These things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. God is the creator, and how was he ever created? But this is the beginning of the creation of God. When God, the Spirit, was created in a form of a man. That was God being created. Hallelujah. The creator, oh my God, the creator himself becoming, becoming, becoming a creation. God who made the dirt, made the calcium, made the potash, cosmic light, petroleum, took the thing together and created himself in the beginning of the creation of God. Smyrna Church Age, God came down in a blood cell. God came down in a blood cell. So tiny you'd have to have a microscope to see it. And it was the Arche, part one of the series. I don't mind telling you, I hope I'm more close to the end of this series. This is called the Gentile Bride series. Glory. Notice this. By the Holy Ghost in that virgin womb, a tabernacle for the purpose of death was built. Man wouldn't think that way. Man thinks greater and bigger and more and more and more. Why would you build a tabernacle for death? To get back all the rest of your brothers. You see, Isaiah had already said in Isaiah chapter 14, I will ascend and make my throne above the throne of God. I will ascend above the stars. And you look at the Hebrew word there, it is progeny. Or Messiah's brothers. How did he know the Messiah had brothers? Woo! Oh, you don't remember it, but you was back there with him. The seed of the woman came in order that he bruised. Oh my. He be bruised to bring our salvation when the Holy Ghost came upon Mary. He created within her womb the cell that would multiply and become the body of our Lord. That cell was created. It was the beginning of the creation of God. If that ever hits you, 
to realize he was the beginning. That same creation is going on right here in this place tonight. That is who Jesus is. That holy one was filled with holy blood, even the blood of God. The tabernacle came to birth. He grew to be a man. He went to Jordan. Now the sacrifice was washed of Jordan in the river called Jordan River. When that acceptable sacrifice rose out of the water, God came in and dwelt him, filling him with the Spirit without measure. And when he died and shed his blood, the perfect life of God was liberated to come back upon the sinner that would accept the Christ as his Savior. Notice in Mark chapter 1 verse 9, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. So the first thing he does is not heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. But the first thing he wants to do is hand-to-hand combat with the devil. He wants to understand how Moses could lose his temper. He wants to understand how David could commit adultery. He wants to understand how Jeremiah and his weakness. He wants to understand. So the spirit drove him. He did not suggest. The spirit drove him. I wonder sometimes, friend, when we get the Holy Ghost and we're moving an avenue that's closer to God than we've ever been, and all hell breaks loose around our life, and we wonder what's going wrong, probably nothing. It means the Spirit of God is driving you where you need to be. no time to enjoy this indwelling fullness no time to mesmerize on the impartation of great peace but immediately the spirit drives him and he was there in the wilderness 40 days tempted of Satan and was with the wild beast what a contrast with wild beasts and angels ministering to you I think we're living the same thing we got wild beasts all around us glory hallelujah our world has gone insane our nation has gone insane and yet the word of God is being revealed 
in a way like it's never been before. We're dealing with wild beasts and we're having angels minister to us. Can we work on this a little? I love the way the prophet deals with this. He said the first thing we notice after he came out, well, John saw a sign over him like a light, a form of a dove came down from heaven. Now, I mentioned here Wednesday night, you imagine if God would have come down over the river Jordan like a pillar of fire, all the Hebrews would say, oh, that's the sign of God. That's God. But God said, ah, I'm going to break tradition here. I'm not going to come looking like a cloud. I'm not going to come looking like a fire. I'm going to come flying like a dove. Now, if you know a thing about the Jordan River, you know that they have all kinds of doves there because doves have to have water. So it had been constantly coming and going of doves. So this one probably looked just like any other dove, except it was the God dove. would condescend and hide himself in the image of a dove. So here come the eternal. The devil and all of his demons are watching. Who is this guy? Wow, he's weird. He's different, man. We better watch that dude. Has this water had any significance? Now, if you know history, you know John the Baptist wasn't the first one to baptize. The zealots baptized. I mean, the different ones, the Essenes baptized. They had pools of water. The Essenes did. And they constantly had ritual baptism every day. So John wasn't the first one to baptize. Just the first one to baptize right. <laughs> That's what matters, brother and sister. We're not the first one to have a church. We're not the first one to sing. We're not the first one to preach. But we do want to be one of them that does it right. Amen. We want to do it right. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. So people coming down in the water to be baptized and doves flying this way. Some coming from the other side and doves flying that way. And all of a sudden in walks the lamb. And here comes the eternal. Can you imagine everything that was, everything that shall be, everything that you could ever imagine forms himself in the shape of a dove. And here he comes. And a voice might have spoken up to him and said, lift up your eyes. And here he comes. He come right down and the dove landed on the lamb and entered into the lamb. And the devil said, where'd that dove go? Don't see that dove? He's like, oh, Satan, don't worry about it. There's dove flying everywhere. No problem, no problem. Y'all look like ordinary humans. Well, some of the civilized ones that are still left in the earth, rather. Y'all, y'all eat food probably like other humans do on the earth. Y'all have similar jobs and drive similar cars, but y'all ain't the same. 
It ain't because you're so good. It ain't because you're so wonderful. It's because the dove has taken up residence. Notice the prophet said, a voice coming from the Spirit of God. The dove, the dove was the Spirit of God. Saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Again, he said, at the age of 30 years old, John the baptizer baptized him on the river Jordan. And God came down on the form of the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove. And it went in him. So he goes out of that water. He walked in a man. And he walked out a God man. Can I have a little bit more of your time? Notice this. Brother Ram said Jesus had all the fine qualities of God in him. Do you believe it? He had powers upon powers. But when he met Satan, he never used his power. He gave an example for the weakest. The very weakest Christian will be without excuse at the day of judgment. Now listen to me. He's going to meet Satan. But he's not going to overcome him as father. He's going to overcome him as son. It would be totally unfair for him to overcome his father God. And then tell you to overcome as a son or daughter of God. He able to overcome with all the great powers of God and all the great supernatural. And then you fight Satan day by day by day. And much of the time he hits you when you're at your worst. You don't feel God. You can't pray. You can't get nothing from God. That's when he hits you. So immediately Jesus is led of the Spirit, Father, into the wilderness to be tempted. Day one goes by, no food. Day two. Now he's in the Mediterranean climate. Hot, arid, dry. He has not another human being to speak to. But there's jackals. Bears, lions, all kinds of beasts. Day three, day four. It usually took me about day six, day seven, fasting, where I got to where I didn't no longer want food. Now, by the time myself, I would go to day 10, day 11. 12, 13, 14. I didn't really care where I ate or not. Because somehow your body, 
You can just do without it. But I was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. My mind was slowing. You understand? Any of y'all ever fasted that long before? Some of you? You, it's hard to explain, but you get to a spot to where you're more in tune, but you're also farther away from yourself. You don't respond as fast, and your senses, so you imagine now the Lord Jesus, and he wasn't a big man anyway. But by two weeks, 18 days, 20 days, his weight is falling off. His bones start protruding through. His muscles are shrinking. Satan watching him. Hitting him day and night. Day and night. He don't stand there as almighty God and say, I will destroy you. But he stands there and meets him as the very weakest Christian that would ever stand upon this earth in a dispensation of 2,000 years. Whoever and wherever they were. Glory to God. Notice this. He never used his power. He gave an example for the weakest of Christians. When he met Satan, he said, I feel it all over me. I feel the anointing. Oh, glory to God, Satan, get out of my way. I'll tell you one thing. I'm fixing to shout. I'm fixing to... It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The weakest Christian can take that stand. Hold it. Sure, God's in his word. Every time when he would meet the enemy, he said, it is written. I want you to notice he's not even bringing him back to, I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm a son of God. I'm this, I'm that. You notice Brother Branham, this one refers to this over and over again. He doesn't say the weakest Holy Ghost filled one. If you got the Holy Ghost, there ain't got, the Holy Ghost ain't got weak spots and big spots and medium-sized spots. It's the same Holy Ghost. This makes me wonder with all of my heart, Brother Terry, if he didn't stand there as a man using the power of his word. No emotion, no anointing running up and down his spine. No feeling, nothing else. Just saying what? The Father's word. It is written. Some of you use that too. Well, I ain't got the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't expect that out of me. You've got the same tool the Lord Jesus had right there meeting Satan himself. And let's face the facts. Most of us ain't never met the devil himself anyhow. Most of you, all you've met is just number 989,000 demon, one of the lowest ranks that there is in hell. You ain't never met the main man. You're just dealing with some of his little imps around you. Jesus was dealing with the main man. Notice as he met Satan on the same grounds with the same word that you. 
can meet him. Everyone, it's written. <laughs> Notice again when Jesus was here, he was God. God does in cross reconciling the world to himself, but he never used any of his gifts. You're talking about a powerful statement, Brother Terry. When he met Satan, he brought the kingdom of God so low. So low that the weakest of Christians can use it. Not just preachers. He brought it so low. He divested himself and said, Satan, I will meet you on this power alone. The dunamis of my father's not on me being the locals I am fighting this battle for my brothers and my sisters I've got a boy his human name is Donnie Reagan he's going to be preaching about me down yonder in the year 2020 I'm going to act this out in my father's drama. And Donnie's going to preach this. And I'm going to change my people's lives when they hear it. Not by shouting, not by jumping, but by them realizing they can use my father's word. He brought it so low. To the weakest of Christians can use it. When Satan come to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones. He said, It is written. The Word. He took him up, tried to whitewash the Word for him. Jesus said, It is also written. He took him up to the top of the mountains and said, Look at all these kingdoms. I'll give them all to you if you worship me. He said, It is written. The word of God will defeat the devil any place, anywhere, anytime on his own ground. Oh, glory to God. Don't you see why he must go into the wilderness? The wilderness was the devil's own ground. You're in the middle of Laodicea, Satan's Eden. It'll defeat him anywhere, any place, under any conditions, even on his own ground. Notice, and the prophet said, The word of God alone. Almighty God overshadowed Mary and created the blood cell that brought forth the Son, Christ Jesus, and God tabernacled himself, Jehovah, and that body in his Son. And the Father dwelt in the Son, being the tabernacle. But when Jesus 
his weak point. Is it okay if I go this way? Jesus is a man staggering so weak. I remember one time when I broke a 14-day fast. And I've been gone for a couple weeks. I was down in Florida, Harry. You remember down at H. Richard Hall's meetings down there. And I got so homesick. See my little darling queen there? My little girls? I just had to come home. And I experienced a Greyhound bus twice. First and last time. <laughs> I was so weak, I couldn't hardly go. Day 14, I looked so puny. Now my wife, you remember, hadn't seen me. We didn't have smartphones. I looked back and wondered how smart I was. <laughs> but I was under Pentecost, so you look the legalism. You gotta do this, and you gotta do that, and you gotta do that. And I went from Florida to Birmingham to, you know, on the milk route and stopped here and stopped there, and you gotta walk and go here and there. And I'd pass them vending machines. A Pepsi Cola never looked so good in my life. Them moon pies, like they looked, they were delicatessen moon pies. Them nabs and them, and them vending machines, oh my goodness. I said, I will not break that fast by now. I said, I was getting hungry. Which now I realize, according to the message, it's time for me to eat. Well, I got home, my grandma was having a big thing down the house, and I met my wife and said, Oh, darling, oh, darling. You look awful. I said, That's to see you too. Can you imagine Jesus? Maybe Satan hitting this hardest. Day 37, 38, 39. Jesus. Father, Father, I love you. Help me. Here he comes. Hey, how you doing today? You in a good mood? I see you're hungry. What about taking one of these rocks here and turning it into a loaf of bread? You're the son of God, are you? Know why you can do that. That's no great thing for you. Man shall not live. Imagine having to get a little strength back. Are you okay? Are you sure you're up to this? Now come on, do you really think this is necessary? If you're the son of God, why don't you just go on back up to heaven and leave these sorry bunch of scoundrels with me? Isn't this unbecoming to your character if you truly are the Son of God? Now, come on. You know the ultimate end of this. If this is truly you, you're going to have to pay the sin debt. This is nothing compared to what you're going to have to pay. You better get back up there if you are who you say you are. 
And the prophet said in a moment of time, he carried him up on the pinnacle of the temple and showed him the kingdoms of the world, all that ever was and all that would be. Can you imagine a being that was able to carry Jesus up in dimensional travel and show him Germany, the United States, not ghettos now, not death, no, but show them the great empire state building and all the great buildings and all the beautiful things. And Jesus standing there and as the man said, you're not going to have it. You can have it all. What do I need to do? Don't die. I'll trade with you. All the kingdoms of the world. And all I ask from you is just bow down your knee and worship me. Russia's yours. Germany's yours. England. United States. Billions of people, they are mine. And I'll give them to you. What's he offering him? A kingdom without a Calvary. You see, friends, that's what's wrong with many of our message folks. They've accepted a position in the message. They go, I believe the prophet, I believe this, and I want that. And many of them had never been to Calvary and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So they got a position, they're a deacon, maybe even be a preacher, but they never died. There's one thing Satan don't want you to do. Die! Die to yourself. You want a position? He'll give you one. You want gifts? He can hand them out by the handfuls. He'll give you a gift to speaking in tongues if you won't die. Let's stand. Let me finish reading this quote to you. But when Jesus, his weak point, can't you see why the body, the body part, was not God. God can't get weak. Amen. He was weak point. He was hungry. He'd been fasting 40 days. Now the way the prophet puts this, it's like the greatest trial was right at the end. Right at the end. How do you know right here tonight? Some of you, your greatest trial is right at the end of your biggest test. You might be hours away from the total deliverance. <laughs> hours or minutes, minutes away from a total deliverance. Satan said, if thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus now with all, all. Don't you understand? This within itself was a temptation. This was a temptation not to use what you have access to. I can, I'll, I'll do this. I'll destroy you, Satan. That within itself was a temptation. Praise God. He never used any of his powers. He brought it right down simple enough 
that the least of Christians or the weakest of Christians could use the same thing. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now watch, Jesus could have used his power, but he didn't. He used the word. He said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He stood three times and defeated Satan. All three times, and three is a confirmation of a witness. He defeated Satan on his own ground with the word of God. And the weakest Christian here tonight can defeat Satan anywhere, any place, any time, under any conditions, with thus saith the Lord. Comes to the last test. Staggered. The beads of sweat plucked out on his face. He's so weak. He said, Father, Father, help me. And all of a sudden, angels come and start ministering to him. You believe God still has ministering spirits? Hallelujah. Praise be to God. What do you have need of tonight? Where are you in this great battle of life, my friends? Oh, we're on his ground for sure. Yeah. But he's just a squatter. He ain't got no deed. We're the one that's got the title to this place. He's going to make havoc of it while he can. That's right. But we're fixing to leave this place, and when we come back, we will take it over. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brother Donnie, whenever I fight these battles, I don't feel anything. I want to feel something. The scripture nor the message never says he felt one. He used the Father's Word. And that Word was so powerful that Satan backed off. I want you to notice he backed off, but he come back. But he backed off, but he come back. And then the Scripture said he left him for a season. He'll always come back. But just let him know the next time you come back, I've got a 410 this time. I'm having a 12 gauge. Next time you come back, I'm going to have an SR-72. You know what that is, hypersonic jets. You know, they fly like four times at the speed of sound. You better watch out, boy. As I grow in the Word, as I sit under a ministry of a God-called man, I'm getting better and better and better at handling this Word. So I'm just warning you, devil. I'm warning you before you come back. You, this may be your ground, but I do know how to fight on your ground. Hallelujah. Can we pray? How many needs help tonight with every head bowed? We just raise our hands to the Lord. You need help, strength physically, spiritually. You need help. Maybe you're fighting the greatest battle you've ever fought in your life. Financially, physically, children. But listen, friend. He's not left you here by yourself. 
He's been this way. But Brother Donnie, he, he never fought marijuana in the, there, there in the wilderness. No, he didn't. Well, he, never, he never fought no television. No. But temptation comes exactly the same way. Three things. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The elements that Satan uses does not change the temptation at all. It's through those three avenues. He conquered every aspect of those avenues. He didn't have to smoke a cigarette. He did not have to fight the temptation with, a, you know, with vaping or with a, a, a dirty movie. They didn't have movies in that day. But he conquered it all through those three avenues. So every child of God from him to the rapture can be able to overcome everything Satan puts before us. The problem, friends, is us wanting to. Hold your requests there before the Lord, would you? Would you do me a favor and turn around and lay your hand on that person standing by you? We're believers tonight, are we not? This is part of what we do. We believe. When we pray, we don't just say words. We're not going to read a prayer tonight. We're going to say one from our heart with authority. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word tonight, Lord. Lord, this is overwhelming as myself as I look at this, how low you brought the kingdom of God to the weakest Christian would be able to defeat Satan any place, anywhere, anytime. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to every hungry heart here tonight. May we think upon these things, Lord. I pray for the needs of your children. Lord, not only those that are visible, but those, Father, that may have streamed the service or go back and listen to it. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd minister to the needs of your people. Lord, I pray for ministers. I pray for deacons, for trustees. Lord, for song leaders, for musicians, God, songwriters. Every member of your bride, Father, we have great, tremendous needs among us, Lord. Father God, we bring them before you, Lord. Oh, Lamb of God, I pray that we would be able to meet Satan right there on that ground. So, Lord, if we're sitting in a doctor's office and the doctor says, Buddy, I'll tell you one thing, it don't look good. This scan says this and this one says that. And another man said, Boy, it's looking really bad for you. But yet faith drops in our heart in that doctor's office. We can walk out of there as courteous as we know how to do it. But, but thus saith the Lord in our heart. And knowing praise be to God, we can defeat Satan right on his ground with a revelated promise of God in our heart. Help us tonight, Lord. Maybe they're looking at their children. Maybe they're looking at their finance, their job, whatever it is, God. But I pray, Lord, that you'd make it real to us tonight, Father, that we're only limited at to the area that our faith will be allowed to believe. And we know as we can allow ourselves to be released, that's how much we can possess in the kingdom of God. Help us, I pray tonight, Lord, would you minister to the needs of your children, Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, I agree together with these saints of God. Now, Father, I speak to our enemy. Satan, I adjure you in the name of the living God, Jesus Christ. You have afflicted the people of God. You brought trouble. You brought heartache. But I tell you tonight, your days are numbered. I tell you, you are a defeated foe. You're not going to be. You already are. 
Our Lord Jesus defeated you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. And we want you to know tonight, Satan, we're standing on his merits, not our own. We're not good enough and never will be, but we have been washed in his blood, filled with his spirit, sanctified by his power. We are called to be his bride. Turn these people loose, Satan. In the name of Jesus, may epilepsy leave them. May dizziness leave them. May high blood pressure leave them. May coldness of Laodicea leave them. In the name of Jesus Christ, go away from their spirits, from their souls. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. Oh, praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. Change our thinking tonight, Father. Hallelujah, that we will not be scared of the devil and terrified of the devil, but may we be reminded of God's word. Submit yourself therefore unto the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Lord, we've got this thing backward. We think we ought to run from the devil. No, that's contrary to the word. It ought to be them devils running away from us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God. Sing something for us. Hey, can we just worship him a little bit, saints? Oh, aren't you glad tonight that your Lord came to the earth in such a way to humble himself? You are here. Thank you, Jesus. Moving in our Yes, Lord. I worship I worship you. I worship Almighty God. You are here. Touching every He's worthy of our praise.
and God hath exalted him and given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father hallelujah 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 demons have to bow at the name of Jesus cancer has to bow at the name of Jesus addictions have to bow the name of Jesus oh thank you Jesus thank you Jesus oh. he's God in the Father oh. God in the Son
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ooh. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how many loves him now? With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Lord, you brought me. Lord, you brought me a mighty long way. Mighty long way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace upon us tonight, Lord. Thank you for your word, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your children. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to this world, stooping so low, Lord God, to be able to lift us up so high. Thank you, blessed God. Go with us now, Lord. Watch over us, we pray. Be mindful of all the needs of your children tonight, Father. Bring us back in the morning if it be pleasing to you, Lord. We've been blessed to sit at your table tonight, Papa. We've pulled our feet up under your table and we've eaten of the delicacies of your word. Praise God. The word in season. Hallelujah. It has vitamin A for alpha. Vitamin B for the beginning. 
vitamin C for Christ, vitamin D for deity, vitamin E for everything, vitamin F for the first, vitamin G for God, vitamin H for Him, vitamin I for I. Hallelujah, vitamin J for Jesus. On and on we could go from the beginning of the alphabet to the end because you are the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. Hallelujah. We worship you tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Go with us now, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Would you turn around and shake hands with somebody and just tell them, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. So glad to have our brothers and sisters visiting with us tonight. God bless you all. Thank you, brother, for coming and being with us. Close this out. Here I am to worship. God bless you, saints. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Here I am to say You're all together lovely, all together worthy. Yes, Lord. All together. God bless you, saints. Thank you all for coming to be with us tonight. We so enjoyed your presence. Thank you, brother. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Oh, let me see yes, Lord. beauty that made oh, God. this heart oh, adore my Father, you. Thank you, Lord. Hope of a life spent with you. Oh, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to bow down.
your mind Oh, you're all together lovely You're all together worthy All together wonderful to me Here I am to worship Here I am to bow down Here I am to say you're my God, oh, you're all together lovely, you're all together worthy, you're all together wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say.